about community as well. It's about people because when I go to the market, I know the sellers. I know who are, I know my local butchers now, and uh, and and I have conversation with them on a Saturday morning when I go to the market. You know, let's continue to support local businesses. Let's continue to support Make It British, and and let's just get this economy, especially with everything going on. We need to be keeping our economy going and that's so vital right now. You're listening to the Make It British podcast. I'm Kate Hills and I'm on a one-woman mission to save UK manufacturing. I invite you to join me each week when I'll be sharing the stories behind some of the best British-made brands and UK manufacturers and offering you advice and tips on making in the UK. So let's get on with today's show. Hello and welcome to episode 136 of the Make It British podcast. Today I'm interviewing a print designer called Davinda Madaher, who has years of experience as a print designer working everywhere from studios in New York to some of the biggest names on the UK high street. Now, the reason I got chatting to Davinda is because he is going to be one of the panellists on one of the sessions at our Make It British Live online event, which is our first ever digital event. And it's happening on the 24th and 25th of September. Now, if you're listening to this in the past, don't worry, because there's still time to register, because all of the talks from the show will be available to listen to for 30 days after the show has actually happened. Well, say listen to, but to watch as well. So make sure that you do register. You can go to mib.live forward slash online 2020 and you'll hear all sorts of inspiring speakers talking about topics from Brexit to micro factories, sustainable manufacturing and even how to grow your sales online, as well as meeting some of the amazing exhibitors that we would normally have at our show at the Business Design Centre, which sadly had to be postponed this year. So do try and pop along to our virtual event, Make It British Live Online, on the 24th and 25th of September. Okay, right, so back to Davinda. I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation I had with him. I think it was a lot of fun. He has a wealth of experience in the UK textile industry, and he is very passionate about what he does. I'm sure you'll be able to tell that. In this talk, we chat about some of the challenges and the changes in the print industry over the last three decades and how much easier it is now for designers to get their prints onto fabrics due to some of the latest technology that's available. He also talks about some of the print companies that he works with in the UK and how important it is to support local economies and communities. Now, since he's gone freelance, Devinder has also launched his own Made in the UK collection of embroidery kits, which he designs and produces with his wife, Caroline. The company is called Madaher, and I'm going to put links in the show notes for this podcast so that you can see the embroidery kits as well as Devinder's amazing print designs. And you can find the show notes for this podcast at makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash 126. Enjoy the episode. 
So hello, Dorinda. Thank you very much for joining me on the Make It British podcast. Okay, I'm so excited to be on your podcast because um, I have followed you and I know you're such a, uh, an advocate for everything British. So, you know, uh, it's great. It's just great to be here. Well, it's wonderful to have you. And I've had so many people as well asking me all the time about different types of print. And so I wanted to get a print expert on the show for quite a while. And you are the perfect person. I hope so. <laughs> so do you want to start by telling everyone what your pedigree is? How did you start off in print? Why did you start off in print? And where have you worked before, before oh, now? Oh, gosh. Well, I've been in the business nearly 30 years. And so I um, was a student at Brighton University. I did a four-year sandwich course. And I specialised in print. Because if I'm really honest with you, Katie, Kate, sorry, I could not do weave or knit for peanuts. So <laughs> I'm just being really honest with you. And um, and I really like drawing, always like drawing, and I've always liked pattern and print. So um, so I did a four-year sandwich course at Brighton University. And then from there, I won a T-shirt competition with Coates Viella back in the days. And I ended up working for, um, yeah, Coates Viella, and we supplied M&S, and that was my first job so um that is going back a while i remember coats faella at supplying yeah. m&s yeah we, we were just in uh uh nottingham or just outside yeah. nottingham and uh i worked there and uh it was my first job because if i'm really honest with you i thought i was going to go back to paris or to to france because i actually did a placement in my year out i went to new york and i worked in uh leon and I thought I was going to go back, but I ended up getting this job. And uh, and then I stayed there for about a, a year and a half. And then I ended up teaching for three years at, uh, back in Southampton and then uh, Portsmouth University. And then I just took, then I just had a moment where I was like, that's it. I'm going to, life's too short. I'm going to pack it all in and I'm going to move back to New York. So I ended up going to ah. New York and I lived there for seven years. Working. So working for a designer out there? Well, so I work for a print studio. There's a lot of print studios in New York, as there are in the UK, but more so in, in, in America. And um, and uh, I, did, um, pr- I didn't just do drawing. I, everything was hand-painted. Like nowadays, if you go to a print show like Premier Vision or the London Textile Fair, which I think is on um, next month, Everything's digitally printed, but back then, and still now uh, to a certain degree, a lot of st- some studios are still hand-painted on paper and then it's translated onto fabric. Yeah, yeah, so, I remember those days. Yeah, so when you used to buy, you yeah. know... Print hand- designers with portfolios. Yeah, just, just with fl- portfolios. Yeah, with drawings uh, and paintings and... And and then I did, but I also did machine and hand embroidery. So I don't, uh, which is something I'm... I think I'm going back into but right uh, but back then it was just literally just paintings I worked for a couple of studios I, I worked with friends of mine as well I left one particular studio and then worked with another one in downtown China Chinatown and I and I did everything I did I did the selling the, the schlepping of the case that you see when you walk yeah, on Yeah, with all Avenue. of the hangers, with all of the With all the come, come rain, yeah. come snow. And when it's snowing in New York, it really snows. And uh, and when it's hot, it's really hot. Um, so and I who did, are you selling the designs to? So we would send, uh, sell designs like that, Calvin Klein, uh, Victoria's Secrets. Uh, we would yeah. travel to um, San Francisco and sell to, like, uh, Jimbery, um and uh dbf um loads of like t- top designers because what people don't 
well, maybe they do know, but in London, you have a handful of certain retailers that are spread about in London. But in New York, if when you go to 7th Avenue, the garment district, you'll have one building with like, you know, hundreds of like companies. So you'll find that a lot of print students from the UK and Europe go to New York regularly, like every week, if not every month, because there's so many clients to see there because it's, it's a bigger country and there's more clients. Yeah. Well. So do you think as a print designer, it was much easier to get on in New York than it yeah. was in the UK at the time? Well, the, the reason why I did it was because I just didn't want to look back and say I never did it. Yeah. And I'm that way inclined. And so I went out there, um, packed it all in. I had a, you know, a flat, a car, packed it, packed it all in and then went out and uh, obviously I had to get a visa. Um, you can't just get a job in America. You have to have a visa. And I got that and I got sponsored. And um, it was great. I had the best seven years. Of my, and I met my so wife why there, did you Caroline. Oh, you met your wife there as well. So why did you come back then? If I'm really honest, I think we were like long-term wise, we weren't sure if we we're going to be there. And if I'm honest with yeah. you, a lot of my friends that were in New York, there's still a handful that are still there, but there's a lot that have moved away because I think when you start a family, one thing you'll find about New York city, unless you, you know, yeah, it's not, got, it's yeah, just tons it's, of money. It's, not. it's a lot of money and it's a very transitional city. Um, and, uh, but it's great. I mean, I love it. And, uh, so we decided to come back and I end up going from like freelance 24 seven New York to the UK to a corporate job. Um, and with who, who was the cook, which, who was, oh, can so you name that, the I work, Oh yes. Yeah. So I worked with George Asda. Right, so okay. back in the day, this is when they had their global brand as well. And I, they had me in, I had two assistants and I worked with some garment. There's probably about 10 or 12 garment designers and I worked with them and uh, and I did that it, I, I'll be honest with you it was a bit of a culture shock not just be, <laughs> in yeah. both ways both being back in the UK and also working for a corporate company in um, Leicester isn't it George yeah George is like, yeah. in, in 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 Leicestershire you have a triangle you have next George and now you have two clothing Sainsbury's and I've worked for all of them so you lived in Leicester then yeah, so I lived in Leicester for a few years. So I worked for George and then I went freelance for about seven years and I worked with loads of retailers and I had my own studio. Uh, I was going back to New York, uh, but then we had our first child and I just decided that the travel wasn't what I wanted to do, especially when you have a family, yeah. that was my priority. So I freelanced and I did a bit of teaching and... Um, I worked for, yeah, I did freelance for, for Next, for um, Very, doing homework, because that's the other thing that I do is not just textiles for fashion, but I also uh, do it for home homeware as well. And um, I did swimwear, nightwear, lingerie for Next, and then I did accessories. Um, I did a bit of teaching. I also had an agent for my own prints. And then I got a, a job at Sainsbury's for full-time senior print designer. And back then, there was only about seven in the team. And now it's probably doubled that. Everyone's got an assistant. Um, and I was there working for six years full-time, and which was amazing. I had a great, brilliant time. And, uh, and then I decided life's too short again. 
I want to move up north to be closer to my wife's Caroline's um, family. And also I wanted to change of scene. I just didn't want to be looking back and asking that same question. I never did it. So, so yeah. So going back to your time at retail, in retail, what were the, the things you really enjoyed about it? Um, I really enjoyed the team. I mean, I really, mm. I've worked with a, a great team of uh, predominantly girls, of, you know, and then um, there was Harun, the, the guy. Um, the team was great. Um, I think, you know, there was a bit of banter in, in, in the team when we had a good time, but we also had a great design manager as well. And, um, and I think I just enjoyed the travel as well. Mm. I enjoyed the trends and I enjoyed going to premier vision and going to barcelona um traveling to turkey to see meals um i think that was the interesting bit i think it's it was just being creative to a certain degree Mm, and then finally seeing your design from you know from paper paint onto the computer and then you see it on um in the shops in the stores and you see it in the magazines and and, yeah, uh, and you see your bestseller every so you must have had like I did when I worked in retail the Monday morning meetings about oh, yeah. you know the what's sold what yeah. hasn't what's yeah. the bestsellers yeah. and I you know as a print designer I always remember you know you must have the joy when one of your prints is one of the bestsellers yeah and and the thing is it was never I mean I do do lots of floors people know that but I also do other things like geometric so I had to do like you know workwear prints and I think I like the diversity of print and that's the thing with print it's when you work in retail it's not the same thing because you've got sleepwear you've got lingerie you've got smartware you've got accessories and you've got to also work in a team and you've got to be a team player and also when you're designing a collection you've got to make sure it all coordinates so as a print designer when i work with the garment designers they'll say devinda this is the hero print however for the top we might just want a sister you know a ditzy print to go with it or we're going to do a border and what was great for me was really the travel i think i love the travel because that's always inspirational for me it was we didn't always just look at the high street and the designs, but we also um, brought a lot of vintage and I still do buy vintage for myself. For um, inspiration. Just for inspiration. Yeah. Um, you still have to, you know, change it. You can't mm. do it as exact. But um, so I think team, people, um, I think the experience is really great. I, I mean, you, as you know, I do a lot of work with students and I always say to them, try everything. Yeah, that's because, such good advice. Because, yeah. because it's not, when you're a designer, be it a garment designer or uh, even a buyer whatever you go into one thing that I've realized is that you are only limited by your beliefs so for example for myself I'm not just a print designer I'm a a, a lecturer I'm a a teacher you know I I can design bedding I can design cushions I can design products so, it's about being flexible, isn't it? Because like you were saying, when you're working for a retailer, there's several different print trends every season and you have got to incorporate to all of those and interpret it for what works for the customer of that particular store or brand. That's right. You've got to understand the customer and you've got to understand what she or he wants. So, um, and that goes across men's wear, women's wear, kids wear, and it goes across all the products because there's certain 
um, trend books that we used to buy, like, you know, Peclair's, um Oh, yeah, I remember Carlin, Peclair's, yeah. Um, you know, th- those uh, trends are great, but they're not always right for the customer. So mm-hmm. you've got to decide what trends. Um, and also, when, when I was working at Sainsbury's, we'd have at least eight collections every two months. So all the trends... Gosh, we- that's a lot. So, yes, because we had to cover casual, we had to cover jersey, we had to cover smart wear, um, daytime wear. Um, so not all the trend books would have um, enough stories. So we would make our own stories up, you know. Mm. Um, I think we had one called Amalfi. It was all, like, Italian and, you know. Did you uh, still remember it? Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I had to design, we had to design these, like, florals with, like, it was very D&G, you know. Think of Sophie Loren in, in, in the 50s when those fabulous uh, vintage you know clothes and 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 so you you always got to have a hook when you do a story and it's always got to have a it's got to have a story behind it so um but coming back to what i was saying i think diversity or being make sure that you're you can be diverse um it really helps you it's helped me in my career and that's why i'm still passionate about what i do that's why 30 years on i'm still doing it i'm still brilliant you know how have you seen things change from a technology perspective? Because you're about the same age as yeah. I am. I mean, we've discussed this. <laughs> yeah. And back when we studied at college, I mean, I did a bit of printing when I studied fashion. It was all about screen printing, wasn't it? Yeah. But, but now there's so many different types of printing. Well, there is. There's absolutely so many techniques. I mean, I um, I think it has changed a lot. We When we started, there was loads of, you know, your limited, like, silk screen, you know. And also, you've got to think you know, when we got things printed up in Bangladesh, there were certain quality issues or if it's going to be made in China or Turkey. But what's happened in the last, you know, 20 years or so, we've seen this change with uh, digital printing. It's come in. Um, uh, when I graduated, um, that was my first exposure to digital printing. And I remember the technical guy getting it printed, taking it off to the steamers, driving an hour somewhere. Yeah, I remember all that, yeah. Coming back, and we used to have to make those samples for the dress so that people could visualise it. But now it's so accessible. It's changed yeah. a lot. Um, we now got digital printing companies that anyone can have access to, be you a stay-at-home mum and you want to make a cushion, um, or you want to make a shirt or a dress, or you're a student. Um you can make anything. I mean, I've I got um, my son to do a t-shirt design, and I just got it digitally printed for him. Yeah, for a t-shirt you placement do that back in the day. I mean, back I remember in... we used to. You had to visualize. You had to do a, a, a hand-drawn board of what it would look like, and the buyer had to take your word. For um, it. Yeah, and just had to be able to visualize it. Nowadays, but just get a sample printed. You can get a sample print, and even now, like I was talking to you about being in the studio back in the days, even in New York. But now, everything, even the studios, just have everything printed on. Uh, fabric and it's almost an expectation now because I think when you see it on fabric you can uh, visualize it um, and you know it's a very touchy-feely thing and uh, the other thing I was going to say was with digital printing there's no limit to the colors you can use you know and uh, so many designers like you know D&G and you know uh, Dries Van Noten everyone a lot of designers are using um, 
digital printing. Um, I mean, I had the opportunity to obviously interview Zandra Rhodes, and she is old yes. school. She's I'll put the link for that video that you did yeah, in the show she, notes for this podcast because people could see it because she's, a, you know, a, she's, she's just a celebrity when it comes a to celebrity, fashion but printing. She, but she's so iconic and she still goes back to you know i'd love to go i mean i'm i'm hoping i can go and visit, meet her one day but i really i really want to go to her studio and see the silk screen i mean you can just google on youtube zonda Rhodes, and you can see her studio she's still screen printing i think a, a percentage of stuff may be uh digitally printed but however the predominantly it's all silk screen printed and there's a there's an art to it as well I think. There is a, I was going to say that I almost feel now because di digital printing has become so commonplace. You can have so many colours in it, but almost there's a time for reviving again screen printing now because uh, there is a different quality. I mean, do you want to explain to people maybe that are listening to this that, you know, don't I'm maybe buy something printed and don't know the difference between what's digital and what's screen and what the different qualities are? Well, sometimes you can – well, you can sometimes tell – um, if something's silk screen, I mean, you can have, you can digitally print like, you know, one or two colours as well. But predominantly, I think for price point, from a retailer's point of view, silk screen is cheaper to do it in yeah. India. And, but you are limited. I'm work. I still freelance for certain retailers and I've got a limit of six colours for, for a certain client because I know it's getting printed in Bangladesh. So I am very limited. So, but with digital printing, for example, I, I guess a, a great way of explaining it is if you look at um, Ted Baker or someone like that who use a lot of digital printing, but a lot of, even a lot of supermarket um, retailers are using digital printing. Um, for example, if it's photographic, it could either mm. be digitally printed um, and, um, or sublimation printed, but you get every single detail. It's like a photographic print. You, you can never really get that quality uh, on a silk screen yeah. as such. And again, if there's gradations within the design, so there's like an ombre print, mm. um, you can tell. Let me give you an example. If tie-dye is really big right now. Yeah. If you look at the garment, you can tell the ones that are either – properly tie-dyed those that are actually silk screen printed dyed tie-dye effect and it's very tonal but i can usually tell if it's a yeah. silk screen one or if it's just digital as well yeah which kind of it, it loses the fun of it i think if you're doing tie-dye it's got to be properly tie-dyed doesn't it exactly but the beauty um, of sorry Kate, the beauty of um digital printing and if you look at someone like uh Dries van noten uh his last few seasons there's like rose placement prints for spring summer autumn winter it's um you can change the scale and there's no screens cut so from a from a mm. designer's point of view if i did a design and it came back and and the placement was wrong instead of cutting new screens we just changed the artwork on the computer yeah. to the correct scale yeah. And it's and it's printed. I could get it back in two days. Where silk screen print, there's a process. There's exposing the screens, cutting the screens, putting the ink on, drying it, uh, getting it back. You know, um, whereas digital print is printed right on fabric. And so nowadays, I think it's it's you can just cut it straight off and it's ready to go. Um, I was. Are there any Sorry. any fabrics that you think are better for? 
um, digital printing oh. versus <clears throat> screen printing? Does the fabric dictate what the choice of print should um, be? I, uh, I won't show because they're in a plastic packet and they're going <laughs> to make a noise. But I've got – oh, actually – um, I've got here from a certain re- uh, someone that you work with, Print. Oh yeah, Print Fab. Yeah, brilliant. So Print Fab. Um, I've got- who are it to explain to people are UK printers, and they I'll put the link to them UK in the show printer. notes. And let me just tell you, I use several uh, digital printing UK printing. Companies. I was going to ask. I'll ask you that at the end. Who you'd recommend? But there are absolutely. Oh, you've got those swatches you've got they, from them. This is their swatch pack. You should order these. These are great. Brilliant. And they've got lawn and cotton and twill, hops, um, mesh, um, organic fabric. We've got velvet. We've got. Um, lycra we've got mesh we've got canvas i mean i'm not joking it is accessible for everyone and i use these for my work um tea towel fabric if you want to get a tea towel printed and there's different Brilliant. quality so all this and what's great about these digital printing companies is that you can send off for these packs and they're not the two to five pounds and you've got loads of fabric swatches too and you can see all the different qualities i mean i would obviously i want to steer this towards uk manufacturing because it's the make it british podcast um i think that there's been you know because of digital print it now means there's a lot more printing places springing up in the uk again which is brilliant yeah um and it's given companies the opportunity to get into printing in the uk i mean has what's your experience been of the uk printing industry versus you know you're a well-traveled man you've talked about bangladesh and new york how does our printing compare what are our strengths when it comes to printing be that fabric or any other sorts of surfaces versus the other countries you know what it comes down to kat i think it really comes down um, from uh from a, a business point of view, it always comes down to money and cost. So, you know, it, I think people have this conception that it's more expensive to be in the UK, um, but we still have factories here that are printing. And I feel like um, when I have been to um, Turkey and I've been to um, Bangladesh and I've seen the factories, um, you know, the printing is is is, is great. Um, there, but it always comes down to price. But I think when it comes down to quality, we all know when we go shopping, if certain things are made in certain countries, and I'm not going to mention those countries, but, you know, you can usually tell if it's a little bit cheap. Um, and sometimes I can usually tell if the print quality is right or not. So, but I also think it's about quality as well. So, um, as a, as a, so two things. As a retailer, as a business, you're looking at your cost factors and 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 your and your volumes, because mm. things in India or in China or in Turkey um, are a lot cheaper than they are to be made here. However, there is a thing about having things made in the UK as well, because it's not just about volume it's about quality as well and we've seen certain documentaries on channel four where it's a lot about fast fashion we won't mention any names and it's cheap and it's disposable and i think nowadays um listen we we've we've had this pandemic it's made people realize what really matters you know and there's a lot of you know a lot of recycling a lot of um updating 
old things that you wear and and I think we need to relook at those things and as a designer for me and and being a British designer and being in the UK where I can I will always source um like I said the, the printing in the UK because we think that's a important part to our business um however there are certain um, com- um uh, uh fair trading that I'm, I, I'd also like to work with because what I haven't said to you, Kate, is I've also done voluntary work in India many years ago, and I've oh, worked, brilliant. and I've worked with slum children um, before I went off to New York, and that's something that is still in the back of my mind. That's a different thing, um, and, and that's a whole another story. However, when we talk about um, products and we talk about UK manufacturing, I think there is. I think people realise that, oh, no, because of this whole COVID thing, they can't go to China to get things made. Yeah, exactly. They've had to come. And I think I have read somewhere, they've had to use the UK company. Yeah, especially for printing because it's, you know, it's It's that's the thing they need to turn around quickly. Exactly. And and print trends trends change. And and it's on your doorstep as well. And I think there's also, there's just something about um, having quality made in the UK as well and keeping it closer to home where you can and yeah i was going to say so with that being said then which print companies in the uk have you worked with um um you know who would you recommend well i've 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 only personally worked with the digital companies like print print fab but there's like sam back and barracks um yeah stand fast and barracks Barracks, um based in lancashire i've not worked with them directly but i've seen there um i'm itching to go to their factory you should go and visit yeah i've actually never been to stand fast well, barracks I, yet follow me on instagram and i follow them and i'm just I've, I've been just waiting for the time when this whole pandemic is you know it's dying down slightly hopefully that i can go and see see them but it from from my own point of view i've really been using the digital companies because of my work is very hand painted mm. um, but i have spoken to designers um like the mini moderns who use predominantly all uk mini moderns yeah they do they yeah use a lot of uk supplies for their ceramics as well as their textile pieces as well as mm. their wallpaper um companies as well so so for me because i'm only a small brand i've only got access to the digital companies but you have got a little another little project which we can see i can see behind you on the screen here um but as i'm talking to you so do you want to tell everyone about your other little project because yeah. that does involve printing right. so i do a lot of things i do teaching i do freelance work for clients um but i also during the um pandemic we set up a company called madaho which is obviously my surname and it's my wife and caroline my caroline we both we sell embroidery kits um which um are partly printed but they're all hand stitched as well all our products are made in the uk um brilliant and you need uh, to be on our website then yeah we we've got our cardboard um boxes which i designed printed in the uk which is brilliant um here's a sample of one i'm getting this resample from another uk uh 
digital prints that we use is um, Fashion Formula. So this is oh, I know Fashion Formula. Uh, they're one of our exhibitors. That's beautiful. So describe that to people who are just listening to this on audio. Then. Right. So it's a fabric with my um, I hand paint a lot, and this is going to be wow. So, so it's hand painted florals, like a bouquet of it's a beautiful flowers, very colourful. It's very colourful, and it's very autumn winter. In its, uh, but this is going to be a, uh, uh, well, I'm telling you now, and I suppose everyone will be here. But we're we're making some other um, cushion kits as well as embroidery kits, and that's going to be uh, sorry, that's going to be quilted cushion um, kit. So why? I mean, I think it's a fantastic idea, and you know, any sort of creative craft kit, especially at the moment. But why particularly embroidery? Was your was Caroline your wife a keen embroiderer? Is that yeah, why you came up with the really, idea? She's all about the embroidery. When we, we actually met in New York and we worked together and we both did embroideries together for collections. So we both worked together. But she's more of an embroiderer and and I, it's it's a joint project really because we've worked together in the past and then we've had the children and now this is really her time and and, and mine I guess to a certain degree but I've been in fashion a long time more than longer than her but really it's um our our sort of motto is finding the creativity in the everyday um here's our little oh I love that here's our little uh you can't see it, but everyone gets a little card like this. It says, finding the creativity in the everyday. And um, and we, I, I think we get to a stage in life where creativity, and especially with everything that's gone on right now, is people are looking for something to do, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's a perfect timing to, to do um do embroidery it's a perfect time to switch off from all your gadgets your phone yeah. have a cup of tea sit down by the fire yep. or <laughs> like we are and sit embroidered because it actually is very therapeutic you know it's mm. not just uh, oh here's an embroidery kit it's actually very therapeutic we've had loads of positive feedback from customers going i absolutely enjoyed doing this when's the next one you're going to do um and uh, me and Caroline have also done um, workshops. Um, we did a workshop in anthropology in the store in Leeds last year. And we were going to do another one, but obviously with the pandemic, it's not happened yet. But what people want to do, I find, is they want to switch off. They want mm. to take a break from everything that's going on and just do embroidery. And yeah. it's so therapeutic. So if you go on our website, which is wearemadaher.com, yeah. um, you could, you'll see we've got tote bags on there as well and notebooks, but they're just really the side uh, products. Really, it's about the embroidery kits because we're feeling now that people want to go back to definitely that, old school old stuff school. the old way of doing it and what's beautiful about your kits is that it's very modern prints because i think a lot of people think of embroidery kits old ladies you know fusty old designs uh, um but no what, but they're beautiful designs how long does each one take to do um if i was going to buy my daughter a kit she's 15 how long will it take her to sit there and will it keep her off her phone for many hours yeah i think so um i i can't sh oh i i was gonna show you the new one that we're doing oh my gosh it's so amazing hang on wait <laughs> so oh so we so this is a new one that i can't show anyone really but that's gonna launch 
Oh, that's amazing. So is that chrysanthemums on there? You've got a yellow and a red chrysanthemum. Yeah, on and dark, we've got berries. Dark navy ground. Yeah, it? we've got berries on there as well. And then we have, um, I'm actually just working on a new kit for, for I'd say kids, but really you'll find that adults love them as well. So we're doing a new bug one and a butterfly. So this is the bug one. Brilliant. So that's like a, is it a, um, sat, what sort of stitch is it? It's right, not so cross it, stitch, no, is it? So these, a lot of the stitches that we do, or Caroline does, you know, we do French knots, we do running stitches, cross stitches. Um, so they're simple um, kits we do. But what's great about that as well, which I love, is that you're encouraging people to make things with their hands again, because hand stitching <laughs> is a lost art isn't it it is and it, it has been over the last you know well, few we, decades well, i was taught it at school you probably were yeah. but well, i don't teach kids that now no but if you go on either myself on my igtv or caroline's ig igtv on instagram yeah i'll actually, put the link we did a rainbow kit and you'll see my seven-year-old so eight-year-old son doing the rainbow kit so um, because we wanted to give money obviously to, to the NHS yeah. so we actually designed uh a rainbow kit which um which eight-year-olds can do yeah so anyone can do I was trying to look for it but um um and it, it sold out like it completely sold out I bet and, it is. and um, are you going to be doing lots for Christmas oh yeah we've, great gift we've people. got fantastic we've people. got another five kits and this is the one that's just been launched this is our um woodland treasure one Oh wow, it's good. Well, that's what's that? A magic. It's a magic mushroom, is it? What yeah, are the, the, the red mushrooms with toadstool? It's a, it's a toadstool with a poppy with um, uh, berries. berries and the acorn and the leaves and a bit of wheat in there. Because a lot of our work, obviously, is inspired by nature. I have a mood board here, uh, and it's and I use a lot of my own original photographs. Um, I look at a little bit of history um, and uh, I look at fashion magazines and then we create a kit which is seasonal and it's great for this time of the year because it's all all the autumn colours. And we've just, before this one, we had the indigo blue and that's a beautiful kit which you can see right there. Um, so the... <laughs> Brilliant. Right so all the yarns and everything all come in the in the kit, the needles, the lot. Absolutely. So you'll get, um, I haven't got a full box, but this is the box that I've designed. Oh, yeah, printed, mad to her. Printed in the UK. Good. Um, and because uh, we wanted to find a supplier in the UK, we didn't want to go and source abroad because, A, we're a small business, and, two, we want to keep it in-house to a certain degree or keep it local so that we – can call and talk and which you can still do if you're abroad but there's just something about having it done in the uk so we had these all designed and specially made for us and and, and the sizes and uh um, and like i said the kits are predominantly uk baked They're, i don't think there's anything from abroad as far as i know these are all from the uk brilliant so um it's a great kit and um yeah and you get the needle you get the instructions you get uh, a thank you card, uh, but go just go on our website and you'll see. I will put the link. So before we go then, because it's been wonderful talking to yeah. you, Davinda, is there anything else that you would like to say that you think our listeners would want to hear? I think um, as, as, as 
as makers, as designers, as buyers, I think it's just really important that we support small businesses as well as the big businesses, and especially those that are um, UK-based as, as, as yeah. well. I mean, especially with Christmas coming, I think it's absolutely important that, you know, we have not on the high street, don't we? Um, we, you know, I think it's about really supporting businesses. Like, I am absolutely... You'll laugh at this, Kate, but I'm sure I, I won't. But I, I, I'm at the market probably twice a week on my local market because I'm so adamant about buying um, fresh meat from my local butcher. Oh, I do all of that. I've got the Sutton Community Farm delivers my fruit and veg. I think that's the way people are going now, yeah, which I think I, is makes it a really exciting time for people you know, for local small businesses. But it's not only about that, Kate. It's about community as well. Yeah. It's about people. Yeah. Because when I go to the market, I know the sellers. I know yeah. who are, I know my local butchers now. And, uh, and and I have conversation with them on a Saturday morning when I go to the market. Yeah. And uh, so for me, it's really about let's, you know, let's continue to support local businesses. Let's continue to support Make It British. and And let's just, you know, get this economy especially with everything going on we need to be um keeping our economy going and 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 that's so vital right now couldn't agree more that's a brilliant note to end on brilliant thank you so much to you've been a wonderful guest <laughs> thank you for having me thank you for listening to this episode of the make it british podcast I make an episode every Tuesday, plus there's bonus episodes occasionally. So make sure you subscribe in your favourite podcast app. And if you're looking to find British-made brands or UK manufacturers, check out the directory on the Make It British website at makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash directory. Thank you for listening. Bye bye.